Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Today on the show... It's time to double down in certain areas. It's time to double down on... First of all, it's time to double down in our extreme ownership. I mentioned this a couple times. This is not a time to to rely on the government. However, the government, if they have a program and a package available, that is greatly appreciated. But we have to rely on ourselves, guys. We have to take 100% ownership. That we got into, we, we're in this, right? And we have to take 100% ownership to when it's good. We also have to take 100% ownership if there's some challenging times. So just no blame, no um, deferring this to other people, all this kind of stuff. We take 100% ownership to what we're doing. Hey guys, welcome back. So hope you enjoyed the first inaugural episode of the Russell Westcott podcast. So real quick story before we dive into the next episode here today. I had an entire plan of episodes already laid out. I was like 42 episodes already laid out in uh, in sequential order of them all building upon each other and telling this wonderful story. And then all of a sudden, you know, the whole coronavirus and COVID-19 hit. And I truly had to do, we had to do a pivot within our business. And we had to pivot the content, pivot all the training, pivot all the webinars, pivot all the support for the inner circle clients, pivot all the support for the coaching clients. And what I'm going to do here for everybody as part of the podcast is I'm actually going to share a lot of those additional resources. So all those episodes, the first 42 episodes are still in the in the pipeline. They're still ready to go. But what I'm going to be doing for the next, say, 10 to 12 episodes is I'm going to be sharing with you on the podcast is going to be sharing with you you um, some resources to help you navigate the whole coronavirus and COVID-19 scenario. So that's the pivot that we've done is to provide some deep level support, some guidance for people during some challenging times. And really the intention that we wanted to have and give everybody was to be like a, a lighthouse, be like a calm port in the storm. When things are uncertain, let's provide a little bit of certainty. And let's also provide maybe like a feeling of a warm blanket and a sleep at night factor here as well. Okay, so guys, just understand um, the next say 10 to 12 episodes are going to be focusing on a lot of um, COVID-19, some building pivot plans and some really killer interviews I had with some people to help navigate the waters and providing, you know, wisdom and leadership during uncertain, challenging times. Now, just one final note before we dive into head first into this next episode is many of these resources, uh, many of these recordings are going to be taken from live audio, from live webinars with an audience of people. So what we've done is we've done our best job to uh, remove out a lot of the dead air and a lot of the audience interactions, things that just won't make sense if you're listening to this as a podcast. The other thing is some of the teachings will be visual in nature because we were delivering a presentation. So understand that we've tried to edit it and present it to our best of our abilities to provide some visual resources, and you should be able to understand what we're doing and going through while listening to this. Now, many of the presentations you're going to hear do have additional resources available. And what 
I want to do is, you know, website changes and URLs may change. But if you are interested in getting additional resources to support the upcoming um, podcast episodes you're going to listen to, if you just reach out to hello at russellwescott.com, that's hello at R-U-S-S. E-L-L-W-E-S-T-C-O-T-T dot com. That's hello at russellwescott.com. Just send us a quick note and we'll get you all these um, resources that you're listening to on the podcast and we'll send you links out to all that where you can download all that information. Okay, guys, let's dive into it. Sure hope you enjoy all these um, resources that are coming your way and we'll talk to you at the end. Bye for now. Hey guys, how's it going? So I'm going to do a cardinal sin in when producing a video uh, that people might be watching at different time frames. I'm actually going to date this one and I'm actually going to put it a specific date. This video and webinar is recorded on March 18th, 2020. Um, you guys will all remember this. If you're watching this maybe years later or months later, we will all remember where we were around the mid of March when um, coronavirus and flatten the curve and lockdown and all these kind of things happen. We will all remember these times will be things that we will tell our grandchildren about. And we are truly in uh, unprecedented times in our lifetime. We may never see something like this again. And I'm going to... Um, date this webinar. So if you're watching it, we we went the webinar you're about to watch, we went over two hours and we went in depth, we went into some really heavy topics and we went into detail into a lot of topics. Um, I've edited it down, it's probably going to be about an hour 40 for you. I did that just for your time's sake to just cut out some of the interactivity and some of the, you know, a little bit of the fumbling around and changing things over to spreadsheets and stuff like that. So what you're getting is the you're getting the facts and you're getting the messages. Okay, this is a truly uh, unprecedented time, as I've mentioned. We, um, you know, I had a completely different plan of what we were going to do for this webinar. And then a week ago, um, completely changed the, the path of that because we needed to step up. We need to provide the leadership. We need to take some to some action uh, in our portfolio right now. Um, the time right now for sitting on the sideline and, you know, going, whoa, whoa, is me or any of that kind of stuff. It's not the time for that right now. We need to jump in. We need to take some action in our portfolio. We need to shore up um, our defense. And the analogy I used a lot throughout the entire webinar was um, defense first. Defense wins championship. Protect the house. Get all your defense taken together first. And once your defense is sound and your defense is set, then you can march out together in the opportunities as a cohesive unit together. It's 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 interesting in the times that we we're having. Uh, funny story here. I was just on the social media channels this morning and I saw a post that somebody put said January 1st, 2020. Woohoo! The greatest decade ever. Can't wait. This is going to be the year of my life. March 18th, 2020. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I'm wiping my backside with a coffee filter. So how things have changed. Okay. But in any times that there are changes and any times that there are shocks and any times there are some events like we're going through right now with this coronavirus and shutting down, essentially shutting down the world. And in essence, the world is being shut down to make sure this kind of cleans itself up to move forward. Um, I shared an analogy and I shared a story with you at the end. Um, I firmly believe that in movies and in the art, we can get a lot of wonderful life lessons. At the end of this webinar, I share with you my top five movies. And one of my top 
five movies is Forrest Gump. And there's a famous scene in there that I'm going to save for you to watch this. But truly, at the end, it will give you some hope. It will provide to you some inspiration that too, this too shall pass. Okay, so I could go on and on with the introduction here, but why don't we just jump right into the webinar? This is an important webinar for each and every one of you to watch. And if you are watching this after the fact, and maybe it's a year later, maybe even it's a couple years later, just understand that things that we're talking about in this video, in this webinar, are just very good sound business practices that you can have. And how do you prepare yourself if there ever is a shock like this, again, if you are watching this video after the fact. Okay, with all that being said, guys, let's jump right into it and I'll talk to you at the end. Now, here's the first question. Um, I'm going to ask you guys all this, this first question. I want I want um, everybody to type into the chat box when you started investing in real estate, like when you would consider that you uh, bought your first piece of property and when you, when you jumped in to the wonderful game of investing in real estate. I want to get a, a really good idea of where everybody is coming from, their time frame and experience level and, and wonderful stuff like that. So Andrew is 2015, 2018, 2017. Okay. Anyone else? Come on, guys, keep jumping in. I want to just get a really Kirsten was 2000 unintentionally, but full force 2016, 2010 for Mike, 2007, then 2012 for Eric. Cynthia's 2017, started reading some books, 2014, 2015, 2016. Okay. Anyone else want to jump in? August of, oh, there's nice, nice, uh, Todd, nice and specific. August, August 7th, 2019. No, I'm joking. Naram was 2006. Okay. Awesome. So the first thing I want to do is I want to just get a really quick indication of where everybody's at for what you guys have all seen that. Actually, Todd says it was the 15th, August 15th, 2019. All right. I just want to get a quick indication of where everybody's at. I want to get a quick indication of where each and every of you guys are for your experience within real estate to just gauge um, to the level of the conversation that I want to go to. So I have a presentation I want to share with everybody here. Here's uh, the way tonight's presentation is going to go is I'm actually going to, <laughs> interesting to note is um, I'm going to reward you guys with some uh, some action to, uh, tonight. So the people that participate the most, people that put the most comments into the chat box. Um, I have I have probably the most coveted um, reward and coveted prize in our entire household that I'm going to offer here tonight. Um, and I'm going to tell you in a second how valuable this is of this prize that I'm going to say is, you know, we're a household of five and we're now down to four rolls of toilet paper. Okay, we're like seriously, we're we're down to 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 putting our names on on the toilet paper rolls. Okay, this one's mine. So I'm going to tell you how coveted and valuable this uh, prize is. That the person who participates the most is going to get my roll of toilet paper. Okay, that's how valuable this is. Okay. Anyways, so guys, hang on a sec. That was a joke. But, but truly, we're probably down to about six rolls. <laughs> so if any of you guys are, are, are stockpiling, hook a brother up here for a second. Right? So, so guys, uh, here's the first thing I want to do. Is I want to just keep tonight's conversation. It is going to get a little bit, it could get a little heavy. Um, it could get a little bit um, intense. But my 100% my intention for tonight is to keep it nice and calm. To keep it calm, but vigilant. Keep it calm, but 
firm, okay? There are some things that we need to do. There are some steps that we need to take and falling asleep at the switch and taking a little bit of a break right now, guys, might not be in your best interest, okay? But I want to do this in a nice, calm and respected way. Here's the first thing I'm going to get everybody to do is I want everybody to jump into the chat box and I want you to type in something in there of a big, deep breath. Okay, everybody together. Ah, I'm going to type a deep breath or you're going to type in an ohm. I want you to type in something of just nice and calm and relaxed. We, we're going to just, we're just going to calm the waters a little bit and we're just going to have a wonderful conversation amongst friends. Okay. So that's the first thing we're going to do is we're going to just have a conversation amongst friends. But here's the thing I really, my main intention tonight, guys, is that I want to equip you guys with the tools. There's a lot of people out there telling you what's going wrong and here's the doom and gloom and here's everything's going to be wonderful and rosy. I don't see a lot of people actually going through and equipping everybody with the tools that you need in order to navigate the waters, okay? Um, I've been there. I've, I've truly have been this now. I'm, I'm not going to tell you I've been through exactly what we're going through right now because that would 100% be a lie. And nobody has been through what we're going through right now. If anybody tells you they know exactly what's happening or if anybody tells you um, that they have it all figured out and they know exactly what's going to happen, they're, they're, they're not telling you the truth because nobody has been through this. But there are some similarities of things that I've seen, and I have had some perspective. And as we, we know with a lot of these things, guys, is hindsight is a wonderful teacher, okay? So let's just take a little bit of a quick history lesson, and I'm not going to go through this in detail, but let's just talk about a couple of pivotal moments in history. September 11, 2001. What I want everybody to do, if I say September 11, 2001, type into the chat box where you were when that happened. When that moment happened, when the airplanes hit the World Trade Centers, where were you? I bet every person remembers clear as day where they were when that happened. Like I remember as clear as day, I was actually at the gym. It was six o'clock in the morning. I think it was 6.15 in the morning. I was just getting off the bike, off the exercise bike. And then every single going, geez, look, there's a fire over there. And everybody started watching TV. And you remember what happened. It, it truly Things changed. The world stopped for a couple of days, right? Todd was at his dad's Kennedy Road in Brampton, Alaska for Jason, picking up my buddy to go to morning high school football practice. Okay, yeah, Mike, nice, nice. Uh, Waterloo, Ontario, staying at a friend's place. So we all remember what happened. Now, I'm not going to rehash exactly what happened, but we remember these shocks and remember these things that happened. Um, the next one is um, in 2008, 2007, 2008, the financial crisis. Okay. Um, I remember where I was. And I remember kind of, for me, the, the, the moment that it clicked for me was the day that the uh, Lehman Brothers for started, uh, went down and it started an entire domino that truly the, the world almost ran out of money. And I remember exactly where I was. I was in, fully invested in real estate and I was diving in head first. 2001, I was just starting. I read my first book. I was starting to interest. I wasn't really fully invested in real estate, but 2007, 2008, I knew exactly where I was. And the next day I actually had my first television appearance ever on bre breakfast television. So here I am sitting in breakfast television with downtown Vancouver, my first ever television appearance. And I'm trying to talk about this thing called the Lehman Brothers collapse and what this has meant. Meant I should probably dig that video up and, and, and uh, refresh it and see it. And I think I, I shared some bizarre stories about, you know, we all need to get our ducks in a row. And uh, anyways, uh, I remember exactly where I was. So those two fundamental things actually just changed things. They really did. 
Um, now, I'm not going to tell you exactly all the details of all the things that happened behind the scenes. If any of you guys ever want a really uh, interesting look at that time frame, I believe the movie is called The Big Short. Now, correct me if I'm wrong in the chat box, if guys, if it is, if I'm, if I am wrong, but the movie was called The Big Short. If you want to watch that, it gives you a really clear indication of what was going on around that time. Um, I think the other one was Too Big to Fail, I think was another documentary. Um, so if you are ever interested in going back and looking at those history points from there, you can definitely take a look at that. Now, let's talk about today. Like today, we truly are in an uncharted water. We're in an unprecedented time of what is going on in, in the world. It truly is. Um, after this has cleared up, and yes, this will pass, and there will be another pandemic that down the road, there are, there, there are these things. After this thing will pass, you know what? Our, our world may never be the same. And I was actually having a conversation with somebody the other day, and he says that in his lifetime, this may be the biggest thing that has ever happened to him, and he's seen, and he's seen wars. Again, he's seen world wars, not world war. He saw some wars, okay? Now, this could be one of the biggest things, and you guys will be telling your grandkids and great-grandkids where you were when you were locked down 2020. Now, but think about that for a second. 2020, not only just a couple months ago, January 1st, 2020, everybody was so, woohoo, 2020, 2020 vision, 10 years ago. Now, look at what's going on. I can't wait for the next 10. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, a couple months later, it's just like, holy moly. Uh, Things changed pretty quickly, and we're now sitting there, and we're, we're we're now looking at things on on a, on a day by day basis. That things are truly changing on a day by day basis. So here's what I'm going to share with you, and here's how I'm going to start this presentation. Is because remember, hindsight is a good teacher. I'm going to share with you guys. I'm going to fall on my sword right up front, and I'm going to share with you guys some of the biggest mistakes I made during the last crisis, during the 2007 2008 financial crisis. Now, I'm a firm believer in we can learn more from our mistakes and things that we didn't do. But here's the good news is, uh, you know, I, you sit there and you maybe get another opportunity to, to fix things. You get an opportunity to make things different this time. And I'm going to share some mistakes I made during the last crisis. And interesting to note is, um, and I'm not saying I'm the only person that would have kind of this perspective, but I'm, I'm one of a few handful of real estate leaders that probably has this kind of a perspective that has been through a few of these things. And that's one of the things I love to do is have conversation with people that have been through a lot of these shocks in the past, because I want to learn what they had learned by going through them. So guys, what I'm going to do is before I share with you guys how to play defense and offense, I'm going to share with you some of the mistakes I made during the last crisis. Okay. So mistake number one is, you know, truly I use the, the headline is never let a good crisis go to waste. Like truly. Um, at the time when that was going through, it was so new to me and I did not fully comprehend what was going on. It was so unknown and I really got, I was scared. I got frozen and, and I stopped in my tracks. I really did. It just absolutely just stopped me in my tracks. Not only did it stop me in my tracks, I actually did something probably the worst thing to do is I distracted myself from dealing with the challenging times. Now, and I'm I'm here to just share with this just honestly and authentically and vulnerably for you guys is one of the things I did during that time frame is um, I distracted myself with um, other things instead of dealing with the problems instead of dealing with things head on I actually you know what I did was I picked up golf again and I put all my time and energy into going playing golf 
right? And then I distracted myself by going and playing more golf. And it was probably the worst time to ever do that. But what I did was I was just, I did, I could not, I did not understand how to handle these challenging times. So I completely just distracted myself right there. And the other thing I did at the same time is I started playing small, right? I started playing small because I wasn't doing things. I didn't understand. I didn't ask for help. I didn't get the support I needed. I started withdrawing. I started withdrawing from people. I started withdrawing from the conversations. I started withdrawing from the really tough conversations and the really difficult things to do. I withdrew from those things. And I wasn't, I, yeah, I'm going to say I, I hid. I was absolutely hiding at the time frame. And, and it was really, I, I, I made the joke that I was like, everything was wonderful. Akuna Matata. La, la, la. What's, how's things going? Fantastic, right? You know, that's what you'll see with a lot of people when, when they're hiding and they're withdrawing from things is that everything is wonderful. Huna Matata, no problems. All some stuff is wonderful. And you will, if you peel down underneath the surface, there are might be some things that people are bumping up and going against. Um, the other thing at that time, I let spir- I had a downward spiral on a couple things. The first one was I had a downward spiral on my health. Um, I started eating crap. Um, I stopped exercising. I did not do the work that I need to do. And, and I put on a probably about, about 40 or 50 pounds. I was about around that time of those things happened. I was about, I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, so I let the health really deteriorate at the same time, which, which was horrible. The other thing that I did at the same time was, um, because I was not leaning into the difficult things within my real estate portfolio, I let some of my properties spiral down with deferred maintenance. And, and it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. If you don't keep your maintenance up and then you have a tenant that comes in and then they leave and then you only just do the bare minimum of things to just get a new tenant in and you get a worse tenant the next time. And then that tenant leaves in a year and then you do bare minimum and then you do even less maintenance and it just slowly just spirals the properties down with deferred maintenance. I just kept kicking the can down the road, right? I did not lean into the difficulties and I did not lean into the challenging times. Okay, so those are just the first four things. I actually got a whole bunch of slides here. Um, Next one is I really didn't deal with things head on. As I mentioned, I really just kicked the can down the road with a few things. And one of the biggest mistakes I made is I didn't ask for help. I, I took on the role, and that's why I used the slide of the Superman slide here, is I was Superman, right? I was the one saving the day for everybody else, and I did not ask for help. I did not lean into probably the resources that I had available. I did not um, share what was going on and truly what was going on at that time. And I just kept things going and just kept trying to save the day and just kept trying to be the hero with the cape and tights. And I was trying to save the day and I took all that on. Right. And that's a bad, that's a bad combination. Um, and the last two things is I really didn't, I actually didn't help out, help enough people at the same time right? Um, I'm a firm believer during challenging times, two things you need to do is you need to help yourself and you also need to help others. Okay. But you need to first make sure, you know, like the old analogy with the, the mask coming down from the, from the airplane is you need to make sure that you have your oxygen mask on first before you can help others. Okay. And I truly did not, by, by not taking care of myself, by not taking care of the business that I needed to have by um, getting into a little bit of a downward spiral. I did not help out enough people. I played small. And bottom line is I really did not adapt. I just, I truly did not adapt, involve and improve. And I did not add any properties to my portfolio during that time, which I should have. Um, okay. So today I'm, I'm here to share with you 
this time. So beautiful thing about hindsight. So if I was to sit back and go now, what would I do this time? Everything that I said that I made for a mistake, um, I'm going to do the opposite, right? When in doubt, do the opposite of what you're going to do. So for example, if you're feeling frozen, you need to mobilize, be in action. If you're feeling things are spiraling down, you need to double down on your health. If you're feeling you're not helping people, you need to double down on helping others. If you're feeling playing small, time to step up and jump into it and push yourself even harder than you were before. If you feel you're, you're shying away and not courageous conversations, you need to have those conversations even more. Okay, so I'm here to share with you guys is don't follow the path that I made in 2007 and 2008. Um, I'm committing here to many of you here that I'm not going to do that. And my, my hope for each and every one of you is that you don't go that down that same path as well. Okay, um, at a worst case scenario is if you're starting to feel dark and heavy and feeling withdrawing, you need to ask for help. Okay, that is a starting point to help everything going forward. So now with that as a backstory and a back context to all this, so how do we play both defense and offense with your real estate investor, or as a real, with your real estate? How do you be equipped with the tools? Okay, so I'm going to take a quick drink, but here's what I want you guys to do is I want you to jump into the chat box and I want you guys to tell me um, that you're going to make a commitment not to make the same mistakes that I made in 2007 and 2008. Okay, I want you to type in there, I'm committed. I want everybody to type that in there for me, please. Who's committed? Eric's committed, okay. Sandra, yes. <laughs> Latif, I'm not committed to making the same mistakes Russell made. Nice, Roy, good to see you, Roy. Kristen, Jason, I am, Ruben, Ruben's committed, awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, so let's get into this. Uh, Michael, don't do what Russell, <laughs> don't do what Russell don't do did. <laughs> so I often make the joke. Um, sometimes I, I make the joke is sometimes you're put on earth to be serve as a warning to others of what not to do. Um, still love me, but, but here's what I'm doing is I'm willing to share these mistakes that I've made and I'm making a commitment to everybody. I'm not going to do this again. And you guys have permission to please call me out. Um, if, if you think that I'm um, withdrawing or I'm playing small or I'm not stepping in as a leader, you guys have 100%. You have my permission to call me out on that, okay? And I hope I have the same permission for each and every one of you because each and every one of us are committing to that. Andrew says, I'm committed to not wearing Superman tights. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is the first concept I'm going to share with you guys. Oh, another question. I'm going to get everybody to remember the toilet paper roll still up for grabs. Whoever wants the toilet paper roll. What is Canada's national sport? Is it the national sport? It would be. Yeah, I'm going to say that. I think that's the thing. What is what is the Canada's national sport? Lacrosse. Yes. That most people would probably say hockey or curling or Tim Hortons. Oh, sorry. But lacrosse is the a national sport. And I remember um, my son, Marcus, when he would play, when he played lacrosse and he played at a, at a, at the Coquitlam Adnax. And there was always, the coach would always be yelling there when it was time that they lost the ball and the ball went to the other team, the coach was yelling, protect the house, protect the house. And then all of a sudden, all the players got back and they formed a semicircle around the goal and they sat there and they were just waiting. They were ready to protect the house. So that's what we're going to share with you guys here first is we're going to talk about some strategies on how to protect the house because I'm a firm believer that you need to protect the house 
first, you need to start with the defense because defense wins championships. And we're going to talk about some simple, basic, good business practices. The stuff I'm going to share with you guys tonight is not going to be rocket science. And it's not going to be rocket surgery. Okay. It's going to be simple, basic things. Now, here's the thing. And they're going to be easy to do for most of us. Okay. But uh, I'm a firm believer. There's I, Who said that? I think it was Darren Hardy that said the easy things are either easy to do, but they're also easy not to do. And I can guarantee, I would bet if each and every one of us take a look at our business within our operations of our real estate business, I would bet that we each have something that we're just not doing, something that we just want to just clean up and fix. Because I'm a firm believer that once you got the defense secured and you've got the house protected, then you can move forward on the offense as a cohesive unit moving back up the court to start scoring goals. Now, if you guys start go trying to go on the offense before you have your defense taken care of, you will leave yourself exposed and you will leave yourself vulnerable to, to have some, uh, some, some things, some bad things happen. Okay, now here's a golden rule, and this is a golden rule that I'm going to share with each and every one of you. Okay, never ever make a decision when your DNP, DNP stands for you're drunk or you're panicked. Okay, the worst decisions I have ever made in my life have happened whenever I've been a drunk or when I've been a panic situation. So here's the next commitment I'm going to get each and every one of you guys to do is that you're not going to make a decision when you're DNP'd, okay? You're going to be nice and sober and you're not going to be panicked when you're going to be making some of these uh, of these um, decisions, okay? And that's the next commitment I want everybody to jump in there. I commit to not be DNP'd. I commit to not making decisions when I'm DNP. Right? Anyone else? Uh, any? Uh, Julia, good to see you. Julia's here. Eric says no drinking and panicking. Now, it's okay to drink, but just don't make major decisions when you're drinking. <laughs> right? Latif says I commit to not making DMP decisions. Thank you. Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about um, Todd and Linda says no DMP decisions. Mike says no decisions under the influence of Corona. <laughs> that Mike, you took it another level. That a boy. That a boy. Uh, so that's actually, you guys can tweet that one. I commit to not making decisions under the influence of Corona. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about, and I'm going to touch on the first two very, very quickly. And I actually have some other resources for you guys to help you out with it, but we're really going to touch on bucket number three. Really, there's three, three areas of focus we want to talk about. We want to talk about our health. We want to talk about our mindset. And then we also want to talk about our personal economies. Okay. Um, remember when I shared some of the mistakes that I made? Um, I'm a firm, and some of you might be going, well, Russ, why are you talking about health and mindset? We're, gonna, we're real estate investors. I'm a firm believer in the actions you take within your real estate investors and to the level of action you take or don't take will really 100% come down to who you are as a person, will come down to your mindset, will also come down to your health about how you're feeling. If you're feeling... Um, completely stressed and anxious and don't even know where to turn, you're going to make some bad decisions, okay? If you're feeling calm and confident and you've got a team and, and you've completely done three plans, and I'm going to walk you guys through a three-tier plan here tonight, and, you're, and you've exercised and you're hydrated and you're just in, in right state of mind and you've, and you've got a good, uh, you know, some good coaching and some good support and you have the Raising Capital Academy at your back, you're going to make some good decisions on your real estate. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about is just some of your health. Now, 
Um, I'm going to go quickly through this next one, but guys, one of the things I'm, I've lined up with for, for you is I lined up a, um, um, a personal trainer who I know out of Ontario was going to share um we're trying to line up the exact date uh, of doing this but i he's going to come on and he's going to we're going to do a little facebook live and he's going to put together a little workout program for each and every one of us he's going to put together you know planks and push-ups and you know air squats and walking and just put together a little routine for you guys to just make sure that you're exercising and make sure that we're out moving our bodies Okay, so that's coming out. I'm just trying to finalize the time with them. But, but really, you think about it. You need an outlet. Like, think about it right now. Our, our species, our human species, we're, you know, we have thousands of years of evolutionary coding within us. And whenever you're switched on that there's a fear or an unknown or a certainty, chemicals get fired off in your brain. You're, you're almost in a fight or flight reaction. But here's the problem is, you know, our ancestors would sit there and go, oh, geez, fight or flight. There's a tiger. Run away from the tiger. Right. And many of you are probably sitting here right now and you're having you're having this feeling of I feel something like there's a pressure or something there. But it's just so eerily quiet. Like there's like there's no tiger outside. I don't know what to run away from. And you're just you're just in a heightened state of awareness right now. And you're just it's it's like fight or flight. And there's just this cortisol just flowing through your bodies. Right now. See, I'm actually getting just all revved up just talking about this stuff. But here's the thing you need to do is you just need to channel this energy right? You need to put that energy towards, you know, where I remember the mistake I made before I put that energy towards going golf. Okay. So you need to put that energy towards being a better person. You need to put that energy towards maybe learning a new skill set. You need to put that energy towards mobilizing your team and being a leader for your, your real estate team. And what's the plan on, on, on that? Okay. So I firmly believe during this time of heightened awareness when you're having that cortisol, because one of the problems that we'll have when you have excess cortisol, and I probably, I might be using the terminology wrong, but still love me. Um, if you don't get an outlet for that extra cortisol that's flowing through your body, that's one of the fastest ways that fat deposits form, okay? Because your body gets into fight or flight, it will then settle, it'll just store in your body as excess body fat for the next time you have this fight or flight reaction. If you actually don't get rid of that energy, okay, it could form, and that's one of the reasons why I gained over 40, 50 pounds when I talked about the last time, some of the mistakes I made. I just started eating crap, then started moving my body. All that cortisol didn't go anywhere, and I actually put on an awful lot of weight, okay? So make sure you commit to keep moving your body. Keep exercising, meditation, napping, journal, take a bath, read a book, a, you know, just light a candle, right? Whatever it takes for you to just keep that going. Like, I've now... I used to, in my morning routines, I used to do a meditation, a hypnotherapy, uh, a rub my wife's back. Um, you know, it was all part of my morning routine. I now have doubled down. I'm doing two meditations uh, a day. Okay. I'm up almost up to 45 minutes a day of my meditation. My hypnotherapy is almost up to an hour. I'm just making sure I'm doubling down on those things. I'm making sure I do my walks. I'm engaging in doing another challenge to get out and do two walks a day. And I'm putting 10 kilometers on my walks. I'm just making sure I keep getting out to keep moving forward. Some of you, hopefully you will use this time to um, clean something up, right? This might be a time for a wake-up call with some things. This might be a time to make a change. Most people will sit there and they need to have some kind of a health scare or, you know, low, heaven forbid, a heart attack, 
okay? Um, and then they sit there and go, geez, I better start eating a salad or two now, right? Maybe use this time to clean something up, make a change or two. Okay, so that's the first one with health. Um, the next one is we really just need to protect our mindset. We need to protect, we need to stand guard at the mind of our, the door of our mind. Now, before I forget, um, this Friday morning, so we're on Wednesday, Friday morning, nine mountain time. So new, uh, nine would be 11 Eastern. I just confirmed about an hour ago, one of my personal coaches and one of my, one of the best, I think, world leader when it comes to this mindset and soul set, Mr. Philip McKernan has agreed to do a um, Facebook live for, for anybody who wants to do it. I'm going to broadcast this to uh, Raising Capital Academy members, but I'm going to probably broadcast it out to my larger audience as well. But Philip McKernan is an absolute gem when it comes to this kind of things. And he is, you know, I can't guarantee if he'll make you cry or not, but <laughs> Philip is one of those people that just gets right to the point, asks some amazing questions, and he's going to be doing a Facebook Live on this Friday. So I hope you guys are available for that. Okay, so here's the thing I would first say when it comes to mindset. Guys, first make sure that you become a role model. I would 100% um, let it ask you that you take on a role model attitude, okay? Um, what would a role model do that somebody who is maybe a leader for other people, what would you do during this time, okay? I think you need to choose to be calm. This is a choice. You truly have a choice to make at this time. You can choose to be calm. I, I, there, there's, there's things that are happening out there with the coronavirus, and I'm not a doctor. I don't understand it. I trust that the powers that to be with the World Health Organization and our, our, our health professionals know exactly what they're talking about, okay? I'm trusting that they know what they do, and they are, okay? And they're making the right decisions for the people. Um, there's something else that's happening out here that I think is a bigger concern, and it's called a social contagion where you get onto Facebook and you get onto um, talking with everybody and everybody is doom and gloom and you have the negative spiral, it actually will make things worse. The social contagion could actually cause more damage than the actual virus that's out there right now. So maybe we need to avoid the social contagion and we need to get some brain sanitizer to make sure we sanitize our brain and it has to take some time off from some of these social media things out there. If you're just constantly bombarded with doom and gloom and anxiety, and I put out a post the other day that and I was tongue-in-cheek joking, that truly, I bet if the Dalai Lama was even on Facebook for five minutes, he would even feel anxious out there right now. So guys, maybe just take a time out, just take a, a take a breath, take a take a halt. Why don't you why don't you self-quarantine yourself from Facebook for a little while or things like that? Only pay attention to the important things that do not contribute to the social contagion. I'm a firm believer also at the same thing too, is you need to have a day-by-day -day attitude and you also eliminate the complaining out of your, out of your uh, psyche as well. The more you complain, the worse things get, the more things spiral down. Like, think about this for a second, guys. Right now, healthcare people and hospitals and the banks and grocery stores and airlines, it's challenging times. It truly is. The world is you know, potentially shutting down for a little while, right? And, and you sit there and all of a sudden you, you jump in and you, you're, you're complaining that the airline is being rude to you or something. Like they're doing the best they can, right, guys? Cut some people some slack. Come from a place of love. 
you know, right? Offer to find out how you can help. Just eliminate complaining and really start taking things day by day. If it's hard to do day by day, start going hour by hour if you need to, right? Just start getting down to the basics of just keeping moving forward. Now, I'm saying here as well is be very mindful, guys, at this time about what you're putting into your body and what you're putting into your mind is because habits can start forming from this. And they could be either good habits or they can be bad habits. Um, wonderful book. If any of you guys are ever interested, I just I actually just finished this one. It was something I just picked up. Atomic Habits, James Clear, fantastic book. If any of you guys are interested in habits, I'm a, I'm a bigger believer in um, habits are more important than your actual goals, right? When I help people and I coach people, I'm more concerned about the habit you have of doing your, your journal on an everyday basis and you pick five things to do. I'm more concerned that you, you get into the routine of your habit as opposed to the actual outcome that you, you, you accomplish, okay? So, but just be understanding that during times of heightened awareness, right? And when your body is on alert, all the time and things are happening and you have uncertainty, habits can start forming quite quickly, right? You might just sit there, maybe you sit there and all of a sudden you, you know, heaven forbid you, 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 you um, start smoking during this time, right? And it just, you sit there and use there and you just, and you're really all nervous. And then you, you take a pull out a cigarette and you have this, you have a big drag in and you're just, you start slowing down and it just goes, man, that cigarette actually made me feel good. Yeah, it just it just relaxed me. It just calmed me down. And then you sit there and you get in all this. I ain't there again. And then all of a sudden you pull out a cigarette and you just, ah, oh, oh man, that cigarette. Just oh man, I just need a cigarette just to calm down. Now all of a sudden you got a sorry to say this if you smoke, guys. I'm sorry if I'm judging here, but stop it right now. Um, now you've turned into getting a bad habit, right? You've had a cue, you've had a response, and you get a reward from it. Try something else, right? Try to get the reward. If you get triggered and you're feeling anxious, put on a meditation app, put on the Calm app, and just relax, put on some music, light a candle, and get into the habit of getting a reward from doing something nice and healthy. Okay, so I'm not going to go into this too much more. Um, stay tuned Friday morning, guys, if you are interested, jump in. Phil McKernan is going to, and I'm going to ask him some really cool questions on, on dealing with, how do we deal with a lot of this anxiety or stuff that we're feeling right now? And let's just get into, I was on a conference call with Philip the other day and holy moly, when you have a conversation with Philip, it gets into deep and heavy things pretty quick. It was, you know, the topics we're talking about was anxiety, fear, shame, panic, like just some really simple, light, fluffy topics, right? So, so if you are interested in having that conversation, be around for Monday or Friday morning. Okay. So, but here's what we're going to tell you is we're going to take some time and we're going to go through this part uh, a little bit more in the conversation. We're going to talk more about your personal economy. Um, we're also going to really talk more about the real estate. So here's some of you going, geez, Russ, you've been going for, you know, 33 minutes and now we're finally getting into real estate stuff. I'm a firm believer, guys, that how you take care of your mind and how you take care of your body and how you take care of your health will dictate the actions you take within real estate, okay? Will dictate um, the leader you become and how you can inspire others in the process. So let's talk about this. We need to take a time to, we need to build a plan and we need to execute and execute with velocity, not panic, not desperation, but velocity. We need to have some speed with what we're implementing here. 
So here's the question a lot of people will ask, and it's because there's some uncertainty, is people were going to say, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? And here's my best answer I can tell people. There's only three things that are going to happen. There are only three scenarios that are going to happen. There's going to be, it's going to be either good, bad, or ugly. And if I'm going to pick one, um, I'm guessing at best of just picking one. So my, my goal of what I'm trying to do is I want to actually plan for all three. Now, what happens if things are really good and this blows over and it wasn't and people going, geez, well, that wasn't anything. The stuff I'm going to share with you guys here, you guys will be in better position to actually keep moving forward quickly. If it's bad, the stuff I'm going to do is absolutely critical. You guys are going to share. And then the plan we're going to put together, if it's absolutely downright ugly, you guys will be very thankful that you actually took the time and planned first. Now, I'm not talking doomsday, doomsday prepper. I'm telling you to prepare for all three scenarios. And if anybody tells you exactly what is happening, um, what they're just showing with, for you is they're showing your, their cognitive bias. Now, for many of you, you, you probably do have a cognitive bias. And, and here's what you can tell. When you're scrolling through Facebook, which ones do you stop and read the stories? Do you stop and read the overly positive ones or do you stop and read the, the doomsday scorched earth ones? That's your cognitive bias, the one that you have. And here's the thing I'm going to tell you is if you're going to have a definitive guess of which scenario it's going to happen, you're probably going to be wrong. Okay, and now's not the time to be wrong. Now's the time to be planned for all case scenarios. Okay, but here's a message I want to share with you guys. We're still going to be calm. We're still going to be cool and we're still going to be collected. But a lot of people are going to check out during this time. A lot of people are going to go skiing. A lot of people are just going to sit back and just go, well, the government is going to take care of me. Okay, a lot of people are just going to just completely just fall asleep at the switch. Okay, you as members of the Raising Capital Academy, guys, we're going to be calm. We're going to be strategic and we're going to be engaged, but we are going to be moving with velocity. And we're not going to do it at a panic pace and there's not going to be any, any desperation. We're going to put a plan in place and we're going to execute against the, the, the plan. First thing you need to do is you need to protect the house then you need to create the opportunities. That, I shared that with you early. So let's talk about um, our property dashboard. Now, here's, um, this is what I've been doing, honestly, since last Thursday. Today's Wednesday, so it's been almost a week. I've been going property by property and I've been communicating with everybody. I've been doubling down and talking to my clients. I've been doubling down. Um, you guys are probably sick and tired of you guys go, geez, Russ sent an awful lot of email notes to the Raising Capital Academy or he's been jumping into the Facebook group. Yeah, I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down providing help. I'm doubling down in my service, okay? You need to assess everything, right? You need to assess every one of your properties. You need to reach out to all your clients. You need to reach out to every one of your tenants. You need to reach out to every one of your private lenders, every one of your money partners. You need to reach out to all the stakeholders in there and you need to start stepping up and being a leader in this business to show them that you got it and you got this. I got this, right? I've got to handle, here's the plan, here's what we're doing. And I'm going to walk you through a, a spreadsheet here of putting a little dashboard together. And it ain't going to be pretty, right? I don't care about looks at this time frame. I care about the result of doing this. The first step that you're going to do, everybody, is you are going to genuinely, genuine, genuinely, genuinely check in with everybody, every one of your tenants, every one of your money partners, 
every one of your lenders, every one of your private lenders, every one of all the stakeholders, all your property managers, all your contract, all the people in your circle, you're going to genuinely check in with everybody to just make sure they're okay. That's the first thing you're going to do. Okay. And for some of you, you may be knowing, geez, Rush, you've been sending, you send us a couple text messages. And my text messages to some is just, guys, are you doing okay? Right. I just want to just check in. Is everything okay? Is there anything I can need some help? So just start checking in. Your tenants, you need to check in with your tenants. And if you haven't checked in with your tenants right now, um, guys, make a point of doing this. Today's Wednesday. I would start tomorrow. Then you need to start checking in with your tenants. You need to identify any concerns and you need to make some fairly quick assessments on what's going on. Okay. And I'll walk you through this property dashboard spreadsheet here in a second. I'll, I'll stop the presentation and I'll dive into this uh, um, a spreadsheet here in a second. But what you need to do is just go property by property, right? You need to go into all the tenants. You need to assess where the tenants are for, first of all, their safety and their health, where they are within their job, where, are, where they are with their income interruptions, if they have any, where you are within your budget, where you are with your expenses. You need to then, after that, finalize any um, financing arrangements. If you need to lock in or you need to refi or you need to pull some cash out or you need to defer payments, you need to have all those conversations and you have to do a property by property plan. Okay. So here's what I'm going to sh share with you. This is, um, okay. So here's a spreadsheet. Now this is, these are just made up numbers, but I actually have 100%. This is built off of a spreadsheet. I just started last week. Okay. And I'm going to just kind of walk you guys through what I do. I am going through each one. So the first tab is your tenants. Okay. <laughs> I'll get to that one here in a second, Cynthia. <laughs> so the first one is just your tenants. I want you guys to, you, you need to have a spreadsheet for every single one of your properties. You need to have the tenant's name. You need to know when the, the lease is going to expire. You need to first know this tab here is, are they okay? Is everything okay? Have you checked in with them? For Bob and Joan, yes, they're okay. Do they need anything? I'm asking the question of them. They don't need anything. Um, do they have any concerns at the moment? Do they have any concerns? They have no concerns. Bob is still working. He's an RCMP service officer. He doesn't see, so I have a, 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 a rank from one to 10 of do they have a risk of income interruption? One being low risk, 10 being high risk. Okay. And I feel that Bob and Joan have a one. So they have a really low risk factor of them having income interruption. What's the property condition? This is a new place. It's a nine out of 10. Does it have any, it has no immediate work, no cash. So when am I going to follow up with Bob and Joan again? I'm going to follow up with them in 14 days. Um, do I need to discuss any options for them? No, Bob and Joan, all is good in some income secured. They are business as usual, low risk. Okay. That's the first property. And then the next property, just go through, here's Tom and Nick. They're on a month-to-month, -month, right? They're okay. They're locked down. They have locked down. They're servers at Earl's, both of them, okay? And they've, you know, been locked down. Earl's is now closed. The income interruption, they, I'm giving them a fairly high risk of income interruption, that they aren't going to be getting any, you know, and a server is not going to be getting any tips and not going to be any in income um, the other thing I want to do is the property assessment. It's a seven out of 10. It's okay. It needs some furnace, furnace filters. It needs taps, about 150 bucks. I'm going to follow up within 14 days. And the conversation I have with Bob and Tom and Nick is they're going to start looking into EI and some of the programs that the, the government has put out. 
Here's the thing. Tenants are okay, however, locked down. They have low savings, but they're looking into EI. And I'm also going to be putting together a additional resources for Tom and Nick on some other options. And what I'm trying not to tell them, the, 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 their options uh, are technically not that they can't not pay rent, right? However, I'm going to be aware of somebody might who might not be able to pay rent. And then what I do is, each property I go through, I make an assessment to try and find out how much cash I'm going to need, the renovations I need. Now, here's the one that Cynthia was talking about. This one's on 790 Hallelujah Drive. Um, the tenants is Noah and his animals. Um, they're still working. They have a low in income interruption. Their property condition seven, all is good. However, this one down here in 27 Bob Lane, it's vacant, right? So there is no tenant. There's 100% no income coming in on that property. It's still in a six. We're still a few weeks away from even getting it on the market. So I need to have some kind of an action plan on each of these. So I will sit down and write an action plan on every single one of these properties. Okay. Now the next tab corresponds exactly with the first tab, which shares with you each one of the properties. Um, I have the income interruption risk, which is my bank. Is it a fixed variable or interest only? What's my payment? Do I have a concern on it? What's the rate? Do I need to refinance, renew, or defer? Okay, so for example, the first one, I'm fairly okay. I don't really need to do anything. However, I might want to really go and take a look at... Um, finding out what all my options are through CIBC, if I can defer and just get some extra cash in the bank. Each one of these ones on a property by property. So for example, the last one on Bob Lane, um, very high concern I have on this one. I'm going to be having a conversation with a pri my private lender and I'm going to talk to them about potentially deferring payments. Okay? Need to have some difficult conversations during this time. And if some of these difficult conversations scare you, um, that's okay. That is that is truly part of the process right now. Let's here, you know, let's just talk about this for a second. Um, I'm pretty sure most people are going to have a lot of are going to be having lots of tough conversations, and the times are going to be able to be a little bit of a not that you're going to blame them, or not that you're going to use that as an excuse because we don't blame. We take full responsibility. We don't use excuses, but there'll be more empathy now around these tougher conversations. Okay. So guys, here's what I'm going to suggest you do. Here, I'm going to give you guys this spreadsheet. Each and every one of you will have opportunity to, to use this. But my bottom line message to you is you need to know exactly where every one of your properties are. Not location-wise, but every one of the property conditions are. You need to know the status of your tenants and your tenants' ability to pay their rent. If there's going to be concerns of them being able to pay their rent, are you being a solution provider to them of giving them options of here is uh, what the government is doing? Hey, hey, Garth, good to see you. Garth, we're perfect timing. I'm going to jump. I'm going to let you jump in here right away. Um, and you can sit there and say, here's, here's some programs you can take a look at. Here's instant EI that you can do. Here's, here's um, you know, lines of credits that people are offering. Here's some support programs. You can provide them a manual of their options, right? And at a last case scenario, their option to me for my last case scenario is that they don't pay rent. And I don't even want to give them that potential option. However, I will do it on a case-by-case -case basis. Then what I'm doing on the back end of my business, 
is I'm having conversations with every one of my lenders to find out what my options are in case my income is completely interrupted. Okay. So it's just being aware. Remember, we talked about having three plants, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You have plans in place for all of them. And you might want to start stockpiling a little bit of cash right now. Okay. You might want to have those conversations with the lender, even though one of these ones, these lender, um, Maybe there won't be a low income interruption there and you may want to defer some payments on your mortgages and stockpile three months of um, mortgage payments, right? For each property, then you can add another $20,000 to the bank. And then here's the thing is if it turns out that it's not that bad, then you just accelerate the pay down again, right? So just need to be just very vigilant there, guys. Okay, so welcome back here, everybody. I'm back. Um, I have... Garth, I'm going to get you on the line here. So, so Garth, um, I wanted you to just, I asked you to come on here for just, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. So guys, if you have some questions, by all means, um, ask the questions into the chat box and we'll, we'll dive through them. But Garth has been very vigilant on getting a lot of options and what's going on with the banks and, and things are honestly changing. You know, probably by this time we're sitting here with our phone, things will, 10 more announcements will come out, Right. So Garth, can you just maybe just give us a little bit of what you know now and how you can help everybody? And then we're going to get some questions going in here. All right. Well, I, I did a bunch of uh, checking uh, mostly today because these notices from the, uh, from the banks are so new. And it was literally yesterday when they said we're going to offer up to six months of mortgage uh, deferral programs. Um, they really don't have their ducks in a row for this, but I think it was really the government, to their credit, frankly, who was driving the bus on this saying, we need to do these things, big things, and we need to do them quickly. So the banks have announced uh, up to a six-month uh, moratorium or payment deferrals on mortgages, uh, along with all the other programs that the governments have, have announced. The banks have also announced that they will be uh, helpful with uh, other forms of credit, credit cards, slides of credit, and that sort of thing. Um, so I, I just, and I want to back up a little bit. I just joined the call. I missed, unfortunately, the first bit. We had to go see some friends before they uh, get away and we get away. We're, we're still down in Arizona until Saturday. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you a quick synopsis, Jareth, as Russell talked about all his mistakes. Everybody made a commitment not to make Russell's mistakes and not make decisions while drunk or panicked. That's really what we, that's, I'll give you, that's the quick synopsis. I love it. All right. Well, I did have a bourbon, so that doesn't count as being drunk, but I'll be all right. Um, so I, I guess, you know, a couple of things I just want to say first is uh, um, there will be, just like after 9-11, there will be a new reality here. There'll be a new normal. And I, I think the good news in this is that there will be a big reshoring of important products that uh, in our supply chain that have been uh, and will be blocked given this big upset to the supply chain. And as an example, here's a really good example. 100% of our antibiotics come from China. Uh, I think that's going to be repatriated. And I think there's going to be a lot, when the dust all settles from this, there will be a lot of new jobs and industries reshored back to North America and to Europe to uh, ensure that these countries are protected in terms of the things that are of national importance, uh, especially around the supply chain and the health system. So there's some good news there. Uh, you won't hear about that in the news for quite a while, I think, but I'm absolutely convinced that's what will happen. So we'll get through this. It will be ugly for a while. Be resourceful. Think clearly. Collaborate with your partners and peers, which is what you're doing here. Um, 
And I, I think Russell has probably talked to you about, you know, calling your tenants and starting out with just be your first call should be really about how they're doing, how their health is, what's happening with their jobs, and leave it at that. And then you can get into more things later. So with that, Russell, let's go to um, what I learned today. (laughs) What I learned this hour. (laughs) Yes. And it was all pretty recent. Um, I have a, uh, I have a commercial mortgage client who made a call to ATB on a commercial mortgage where they had closed the business for now, um, laid off their staff. And on the same day they made the call, which was yesterday, they have in hand a, a commitment from ATB for six months moratorium on mortgage payments, just like that. That's on the commercial side, and the commercial and business side is probably going to be a little different than the, than the consumer side, but that is a good sign. Uh, same client is a Scotia client on the residential side, and um, they, were, they called their branch. They were forwarded to another uh, uh, center within Scotia. The call was forwarded. They spent 90 minutes on the phone, and the call went dead. So I called my Scotia private banking guy and told him that story. And he gave me a new number to call. And my call went dead after 45 minutes of being on hold. Uh, the number that I posted online today on Facebook on your group, Russell, the, the, which is another, the old Scotia number for uh, mortgage customer service, is now delivering you to a short uh, questionnaire survey on your vacation preferences. Get this. <laughs> Seriously. So three questions on your vacation preferences. And after you answer those three by pushing one or two, you get to the point where the, uh, the automated uh, person says, uh, you've won a Caribbean cruise. <laughs> so, and then, and you can't get out of that. You just, the call ends there. You just got to click, yes, you want it. I guess this is the bank's attempt at humor. I think it's <laughs> going, we need to block actual people from talking to us while we figure out what we're going to say. Right. I did get an internal number from my uh, Scotia private banking guy and it led to the dead call. I spoke to him uh, an hour ago after that, and he has committed to send me the questionnaire that Scotia is going to put to their clients when they ask for mortgage payment relief. So I will forward that to you as much as I am permitted to. Um, I then spoke with my TD guy, who is the manager for mortgage uh, brokerage in, uh, in the TD system in Alberta, a very high-end guy who has uh, got six mortgages for us most recently. Uh, we talked about refinancing, and the IRD payments were, prepayment penalties were too high to extend. I didn't want to refinance. I wanted to extend my, my good rates out for another two years, because they're about where they were three and a half years ago. Um, but we feel like there, in a year, we're still going to have low rates. If we have a supply side shock, um, we could see some shortages in goods that typically runs into inflation. But the economies in North America, certainly in the rest of the world and the, the developed world, will not sustain higher interest rates. So I think we're safe for quite a while. So for those of you thinking of extending the current good rate season that you have with the you know blend and extend type products, uh, you really don't need to unless you're in a variable, and then it works. Um, on the TD side, and I've yet to see this, but my guy has told me that you'll be asked a couple of questions, you won't have to qualify, and you're going to get your six months relief. We'll see if that's what turns out, but he is pretty highly placed. 
Uh, it came out of a call that he had today with the upper reaches of the bank on a conference. So I, again, I'll follow up with you, Russell, and let you know where that goes. He's going to give me some information on that. Um, the other thing I can tell you is that the credit unions will be infinitely more easy to reach and friendly than the, uh, uh, than the big six banks. And uh, my anecdotal information so far from a few clients who have reached out has been positive in uh, quickly achieving results, uh, yep. service credit union in Alberta particularly. Nice. Eric wants to ask a question just for clarification. Are they, are they treating a mortgage as a mortgage or are they, are they having different rules for rentals versus homeowners? And I know it's still early, but what, what is, most of your clients are investors, are they not? Indeed, indeed. Probably half my clients are investors and I certainly am one as well. I asked both the Scotia and TD people the same question. From Scotia, I don't yet know the answer. He did not know. Uh, and in fairness, he's a private banking guy. He's not the mortgage specialist. Um, the TD guy says his information is that there will be no difference in treatment between landlords and homeowners. I hope he's right. Uh, that would be wonderful. And it looks to me, if he's right, TD's process is going to be very easy. And I, those are the only two banks I've spoken so, to so far. Um, so we'll, we're hopeful there. Nice, nice. And uh, you're committing to, I know you've got to first get home safe and sound and cross the border. Um, you're committing to just keep keep updating us on, on things, Garth? And are you okay indeed. if we jump on a, another call like this to update people as things go? Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So we plan to pack up over the next two days and leave Saturday and be home by Monday. And uh, so next week, I should have some time to, uh, to uh, give you some updates as they come. Um, so that's really, that's all I know at this point on the, on the bank side. I've posted all the bank's numbers. Um, some of the banks are, I believe that just, you know, this is my own belief. I believe that's, that, that some of those banks will be focusing hard on driving traffic through the branches so they can evaluate the situation of their customers and sell them more product. Aside from delivering whatever relief they're prepared to deliver, given your situations, uh, they'll be looking to sell you other products, I'm sure. And that's just natural. And I think, um, some of the banks are going to be focused a little more on, have you exhausted other resources? So I see here, uh, Mr. Jones, you have a step Scotia step mortgage with a line of credit attached to it. And you have $35,000 of unused credit on that, on that line of credit. I suggest you use that before you look for mortgage relief. I, I would not be surprised to hear that. Um, however, with some banks, we may not hear that. So it, it really depends... I think to some degree on the pressure that the federal government is delivering on the banks and how, how those banks are able to internalize that model and that pressure and that, that, uh, that derivative is so is wrong word. The, uh, the, uh, the drive, I, I think, you know, a leopard, a leopard does not easily change its spots and bankers are bankers and they're prudent and they're, they're nervous about lending until they've done a full evaluation. On the other hand, they don't have time for that in this situation. They need to just lend. But how will that translate through their huge empires of staff? I, I really can't say. I don't know. Right. It could, it could come down to a case. It might be one of those ones is depends on who you talk to. Yes. <laughs> what you get. <laughs> exactly. And, and so the lesson there is if you don't like what you heard from the person you talk to, talk to somebody else. 
Yeah. They're really um, serious. Yeah. Eric asked the question, um, can you give some advice or some tips on how we maybe should strategically approach this and, and you know, will this impact our, our image at the banks? Like our, our banks. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I can. And I, and I have, I have run this by both of my Scotia and TD guys. Uh, they're both senior people, one not in the mortgage side and one is. And here's, here was my pitch and here is what I advise. We're, we'll be calling our tenants this week, probably tomorrow. Uh, we're not going to email them, we're going to call them. And we're going to want to talk to them about really how are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh, how, how is, is, is anybody sick? in your home? Have you been recently outside the country? Are you self-quarantined? Are you okay? Is there anything that, you know, you need that as a landlord, we might be able to help you with? Come, come bearing toilet paper. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's that kind of a call that may lead to some other conversations, but we want to kind of leave it pretty much to that. Um, so as I indicated to our bankers, that's where we're going to start. And if we end up in a conversation down the road with a tenant or two or six or 20 around, I need some help, Mr. Landlord, with, my, uh, with some mortgage, uh, with some uh, rent abatement, uh, what can you do for me? So our response is going to be in some form a matter of, here are all of the programs that are available to you. Tell us what you have applied for and registered for. Tell us your status on all of that. before, Because what we're really saying to them gently is before you come to us for some help, you need to have gone to the government and to the banks and to your other, the bank of mom and dad, to your family and friends, to your church and synagogue and mosque, and uh, to your communities to determine what's available for you. And once you've exhausted all of that, if you still have a shortfall of income, such that you are needing to ask us for some help with the rent, we're going to want to get a pretty good sense of that. And ultimately, especially in Calgary and especially in Alberta and Saskatchewan, where the markets are so soft and uh, where tenancies are treasured because they're difficult to replace, and where in our case, we have so many tenants that have been with us for seven, eight, ten years, we're going to want to preserve those relationships because they're good people and they'll, they'll make it work. But we'll have those conversations. And um, if we come to a point of being willing to offer some rent relief to a level of some percentage of the rent, and likely not 100%, I think I'm inclined to suggest, and I've reached out to Barry McGuire and others on, on this topic to get a document drafted, I'm suggesting that we offer rent relief on the basis of a promissory note. And that that note is not secured by any assets necessarily, but that it contains a provision that allows for registration of the promissory note on the PPSA, which is the Personal Property Registry of People. In the event that a tenant did uh, defaulted on the note, on the terms of the note, and I'll talk about that in a minute, then um, within a period of time, we could register the note on the PPSA uh, and ultimately get paid at any such time as they decide they want to buy a car or a piece of furniture and they need some credit, they have to satisfy any, any uh, claims on the PPSA to do that. Um, and I'm thinking in terms of the, 
the terms of repayment on the promissory note, it'll be based on the situation around that tenant and what their what their uh, prospects are. And it might be, we're going to give you a quarter or a half of your rent off for the next three months or four or three, and then we'll review and maybe to a maximum of six to match the mortgage program. And you might have a year to pay it back or two. Uh, once you're re-employed, it, it, the payments kick in at... Uh, 12 equal, equal payments of X or 24 equal payments of Y and, uh, and that sort of thing. So that, that's how I'm looking to do this. It can't be a gift unless we want it to be a gift, but it's got to be reasonable and it's got to be compassionate and it's got to be achievable. Yep. But you, you heard Garth mention the very first thing. And, and guys, I'm actually going to put a challenge out to our entire community here a little bit. If any of you guys are wanting to work with me to put together a um, package for landlords of these kind of documents. So here's the letter, here's the steps, here's the, the programs that are available. For many of you, you self-manage a lot of your properties and you're doing it already. I'd love for us to kind of lean into a project as a community to put together, here's the package that, you know, as landlords, here's how we can put all this stuff together and how we can, you know, help our landlords and we can help help all the people within the community. So a couple questions here, um, Garth, as well. Uh, Naran asked the question, the mortgage deferral payment, is it principal only or does it include interest? What is, what is the kind of the terms so far that you've seen from, you know, from the banks that you've, you've got a word from already? Well, they have no details because they're not available, but I can say that uh, the skip a payment programs that all lenders, in effect, have, uh, generally speaking, they vary to some degree. Most of them are uh, the entire payment. Most of them are one payment within a year. Uh, most of them add that payment on to the end of the amortization of the mortgage. So you've got 20 years and four months left. Now you're 20 years and five months. And during the time of the mortgage, from the time you you uh, uh, defer that payment on, that the amount of principal that would have been paid down by that payment is, is still on the mortgage. And as a result, you have a slightly lower amount that is supplied each month to interest. Uh, so there's a cost to that over time, of course. And usually, uh, more often than not, there's the right to redeem that payment during the term and not have to wait till the end. Yeah. Yeah, different banks have different things. I know um, one of the ones that is most friendly that up until this point, I think they're all going to be friendly. Um, RBC was one of the most friendliest. Like it truly was with the phone call. You could, you could, and, and it's once a year for the phone call. And they took the interest payment that was to be made. And they added that to the principal amount, which in essence extended the length of the term, like the amortization of the, like extended the, so you're, Actually, your balance went up based on yes. the interest payment. Right. Um, TD did the same thing, but what you had to do at the renewal date, you had to, they took into consideration and you actually, your payment went up on next renewal date to account for that extra to get you back on the original amortization schedule. Right, right. Those are two good examples, Russell, of how they can vary. Uh, but in general, they they offer you the full in terms of your cash flow, the full payment is uh, deferred. You know, and, and I'm not here. Here's guys, at the end of the day, I'm. This is uh, these are we're we're looking for all our options. It is 
good to know what you have available to you. If you don't ever have to use it, thank goodness. Um, but if you do have to use it, it's nice to know what you have available. Like, for example, some of us might be sitting here and going, geez, my, my mortgage payments going out on a monthly basis is $74,000 a month, right? And if you could sit there and, you know, forego that for, for three months and you're looking at a couple hundred thousand bucks, which could help if you have 30 people that can't pay rent, right? Now, that's a very dark situation, but like I said, guys, we prepare for the good, the bad, and the ugly right from the beginning, right? If, if I could jump in, Russell, I'll, I'll say something about uh, readvanceable mortgages. So for, for those who may not be familiar with the term, uh, it, it's a blended product where there's a mortgage and a line of credit that are connected. Each month as you make a mortgage payment, the principal pay down portion is added to the limit on the line of credit. So your total debt uh, available is an unchanging figure. And over time, your, your lines of credit grow. So we have, um, I think we have seven of them. And over the years, they actually add up. They, they all started at zero. But we're now, we've got half a million dollars available to us in lines of credit. So if we never took, a, if we had the worst case scenario and none of our tenants paid rent for a year, we have way more than enough in our lines of credit to cover that cash shortfall without dipping into any mortgage uh, um, deferral program. Not, not that we necessarily would, but we could. So my, my point here is to say in, in these times, which for the last 15 years, actually 19 years, have been very unpredictable and very challenging. Um, it is, I think, very, very wise. And many, many, many of my clients with investment properties have these readvanceable products. Uh, this is a great example of why you have them. They give you lots of options, some of which you'll never, ever use, but they're there for you. Yep. Which then leads into a perfect segue, well done, Garth, into the question that Ruben asks is, do you think that the banks may cancel or reduce those lines of credits? Generally, no. It's very rare that that would occur. Um, and as a matter of, of uh, uh, in terms of how the the government wants the banks to behave and react. And of course, it's, it's in, to some degree, it's self-preservation on the part of the government. Uh, this is a minority government. It could fall tomorrow. Uh, they need to be doing and seem to be doing everything possible to save Canadians. Uh, and aside from that, I, I, I got to hope that I am a positive thinking guy. I got to hope that they, they think that's important, period. So the, it's very, very unlikely. Now, having said that, um, if, if you get yourself in a jackpot, if you have a problem and you don't deal with it and you get yourself to a point where you're, you're in bad trouble, um, yes, that can happen. Yeah. I had, um, no, just guys, I'm not, I don't ever tell anybody what they should do. It really comes down to what you believe is going to happen. Um, and that comes down to all the conversations and each conversation is a case by case basis. I had a conversation with one of my money partners and we had one of the properties that we needed to you know, renovate, and we were going to use the line of credit for the renovation. Um, he is a lot more pessimistic than I am, and he was—he believed that the banks were going to close down the lines of credit. I—I I had no attachment either way. And what we did, 
is there was $50,000 in a line of credit, that available credit, $50,000 was there. Um, I went down there the other day and I withdrew $45,000 from that line of credit and I put it into the bank, into the account. And we're going to sit on that 45 grand for two months and we're going to pay a couple hundred dollars in interest. And after two months, if it's things have changed or whatever, we don't need it. We'll just go and pay back. We paid $200 to have access to that cash. And he, he felt it might go away, but who knows? We'll, we'll see in, in a couple months. That's a case-by-case basis. So does that help? Garth, are you still there? I'm here. Sorry. No worries. No, I'm just, uh, sorry. I, I thought you were just talking to everybody as well. <laughs> I think, you know, everybody's got to do what works for them, what makes sense for them. Uh, so on the other side of the coin, we're not taking, we're not drawing any of our lines of credit. Um, and, uh, but you got to do what makes sense for you and your joint venture partner, if you have one, um, to, uh, to provide the security that you need to have to live to fight another day. And yep. this could be, this may be the whole year before we come out of the darkness into the light again and have to sort of, this is a bit like, I, I see this as waking up next, next January or November or whatever it is. And we're kind of starting over in a lot of ways and we've accumulated some debts we've uh, hunkered down for a long cold winter and we're going to get up and we're going to, start over. And I, you know, having, having lost a business and started over in my mid forties, I've been there, done that. I'm not as scared of that as I was before it ever happened to me. So be prudent, be resourceful, think clearly, collaborate with your partners and peers. Nice. Nice. But Garth, I know, I know how crazy busy you are with all the things that are happening and you guys, you and Debbie are are packing, truly packing again out of Palm Springs before they shut the borders. Um, and so guys, what I wanted to just, I want you guys to do is I want you to send some love and in the chat box, just send some, send Garth a heart or an XOXO or a thank you or this kind of stuff for him to take time out of this crazy busy day that he had to, to help you guys out. This is, this is some golden, golden information and we'll be, we'll be having a lot more follow-up on, on, on going on, on upcoming some upcoming webinars as well. So, thank you, Russell. Thank you all. And now, uh, as Russell said, I'm off to pack my Arizona home, uh, get it put to bed for summer, and uh, load the car up with a, some golf clubs and uh, some golf shirts, and hope that I'm able to play this summer. Yes, well, you may have lots of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, awesome. right. Okay, thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. Okay, so guys, so here are some additional resources and support that um, I'm going to make a commitment to help you guys out with and deliver. And I, you know, I'm 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 making a commitment to step up, and I'm making a commitment to to help and share and provide as much guidance and support as I possibly can for each of you. Um, that was the commitment I made for any of you that came into the Raising Capital Academy. Was I was going to be you know, I'm going to be a good steward of helping you out in your journeys. Um, Let's put it this way. I'm right beside you. (laughs) I have a portfolio of properties and I made a commitment right from the very, very beginning. And any of you have ever come in and you guys know where I, my intentions is to share with you everything that I'm doing personally that I'm helping with, but I see, I'm sharing with you my Rolodex. I'm sharing with the people that I know, and I'm just sharing with things that will help you move forward. So here's a couple 
additional resources that I'm committing to as well. Number one is I'm going to do some more live broadcasts. Um, like I mentioned uh, already, I'm Phil McKernan and I are Friday morning are jumping onto a live broadcast and we're going to share some really cool insights into the mindset, your spirit, soul set, some really deep, deep conversations that we're going to have. And Philip is the best of the best. Like he truly is a world um, resource when it comes to that kind of thing. Like he is that good. Um, I'm committed, like I mentioned, to step up, share the facts, share the action, to just share with you guys what is going on. Um, here's the, the point, and I mentioned this briefly before, but I'm, I want to put this out to the community. I, I want you guys, if you're interested, I'm putting together some resources already. I gave you guys a letter, my, my first letter that from my property management company that went to my tenants. Um, I would love to work with any of you guys in the community to build a tenant rescue, not a response kit, a tenant response kit. Here's the, here's all the programs available. Here's the first letter. Here's the first communication. Here's the, the all they do. Just have a, a, an entire response kit that we can do for our tenants. And then also guys share on the Facebook group, how your conversations are going with lenders, what people are doing at the same time. And I'm also committing, and I think every one of us are going to make this commitment to keep calm and carry on. Okay, in the chat box, open that up. I want to, I want two things. Are any of you guys in for um, that? I can count on you to tap you on the shoulder to maybe do this project of the tenant response kit. If you're in, let me know. Julia's in. Absolutely, we'll be talking to you, Todd, for sure. Awesome. Anyone else? Sandra said I can help. Nice, nice. Um, Andrew's in. Something perfect, awesome. So you guys, still thank you. That's just the way. That's the way we work in this community is we help each other, right? Brian's happy to help. Awesome. And are you guys are you committed to keep calm and carry on? I need another yep. I need everybody to tell me yep. <laughs> KCCO, <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, and and by all means. Um, if any of you guys needed somebody to have a conversation, these years are huge and I can listen like the best, best of them. And by all means, you, you do have permission to reach out. Let me know. And we can maybe even buddy up with some people within the community. If you just need somebody to talk to, we're here and we're here to listen. All right. Okay. Next one here is I got some final thoughts for everybody. And then I'm going to share a really quick story before we end off. And then I'm going to open it up to some open Q and A. So here's the final thoughts I'm going to leave with you guys. Number one, I believe it's a time to double down. Um, now it's time to double down in certain areas. It's time to double down on, first of all, it's time to double down in our extreme ownership. Um, I mentioned this a couple times. This is not a time to, to rely on the government. However, the government, if they have a program and a package available, that is greatly appreciated. But we have to rely on ourselves, guys. We have to take 100% ownership that we got into. We, we're in this, right? And we have to take 100% ownership to when it's good. We also have to take 100% ownership if there's some challenging times. So just no blame, no um, deferring this to other people, all this kind of stuff. We take 100% ownership to what we're doing. We need to commit to doubling down on doing the work and leaning into some uncomfortable times. We need to help, serve, step up, inspire greatness 
in ourselves first and others. This is an opportunity for some of you. You may get an opportunity coming out of this challenge and this crisis that you don't even know what you can create. You don't even know the impact you're going to have on other people. You don't even know some of the opportunities you're going to create, but you're going to make a commitment to step up, serve, help others, and inspire greatness in other people. And you're also going to make a commitment to ask for help. Okay. Remember all those mistakes I told you that I made in 2007, 2008 during the last really challenging time? Um, You guys all committed that you were not going to make those mistakes. Now, awareness alone is the first step. It truly is. Awareness is a very good first step. Now, the next step is you have to get some help. You need to have the tools. You need to be equipped with that. And that's what I'm here to do for each and every one of you guys is help equip you through the challenge and help you through the storm. Because truly, this too shall pass. Now, on the Facebook Live I shot on Monday, um, I shared with you guys a one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, my th- top three movies, I'm a movie buff. My top three movies of all time are It's a Wonderful Life, Shawshank Redemption, and Forrest Gump. Those are my top three of movies that I love. And I just said, just, they're just such wonderful, inspirational. I would even probably throw Rudy in there as well, if any of you guys have seen that, and probably in within the top five as well. There's a scene in the Tom Hanks movie, Forrest Gump. And the scene goes like this. And they're sitting there and Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump are sitting out there and they're just having a tough time of, of on the shrimping boat, right? They just ain't finding any of the shrimp. And they're just sitting there going, Lieutenant Dan goes, you know, where's that God of yours? And then Forrest Gump goes, hey, now God showed up. And then all of a sudden the storm kicked in and they were scared. Forrest Gump was terrified. And he still had his hands on both, both hands on the wheel and he was steering the ship and going through. But Lieutenant Dan was up in the, the crow's nest on the ship and he was mad. He was angry. He was, you know, he was confronting the storm. He was hitting the storm head on. He was not going to let this happen, this storm take them down. We are sometimes you have to go through the storms in order to get in order to get out the other side. The only way to do it is to go through the storm. But you know what happens on the other side of a storm? On the other side of the storm, some calm waters happen. On the other side of the storm, if you did not give up, if you did not quit, if you did not um, throw the towel in, you might be the last boat standing, right? You might be the last boat standing. And then all of a sudden, after that last boat is standing, all of a sudden, the shrimping gets real good, right? So guys, my intention and my goal with every person in this community, every person as in the Raising Capital Academy, is I want you to be the last boat standing. Every single one of you guys, are. just picture this. You guys are all going to have the jennies that are going to be the last boats on the water and the shrimping is going to get real good. All right, everybody. So that is my final slide and my final message is don't give up in challenging times. Step up and you're going to be the last boat standing on the water. Here's what we're going to, maybe we need to get little, uh, we need to get little uh, raising capital academy shrimping boats or something, right? <laughs> that, that could be our rallying, rallying cry, everybody, as we all got our shrimping boats, right? All right, does anyone have any questions for me? And, and while we have, so the couple ways you can do it, you can, uh, if you want, if you want to be piped into the, to the um, webinar, 
raise your hand. I can promote you to a panelist and we can do that. Or if you, if you want, you just, uh, um, just rate on the, on the um, chat box and stuff. Eric said the result of the toilet paper, right? So for those of you that weren't uh, a part of this, remember this, there's five of us and we only have like five, six, four rolls of toilet paper. And this one's mine. So I am going to reserve the toilet paper roll for the people that step up with the tenant response package and who gets the roll of toilet paper. <laughs> uh, Todd, my offer still stands. Ruben says, is there time to continue looking for deals? I, here, here's the thing. Remember in the comment I made here is make sure that your house is in order and you've got the defense first before you start moving out as a cohesive unit. If you feel that your house is protected, meaning you've got all your tenants in place, you've got your risk assessment, you've got the capital in place, and you, you are very confident on where, um, all your income sources that are coming in, by all means, keep looking for properties. This is going to create some incredible opportunities. What I'm just here to tell people is to just maybe clean up a few things, get the defense set first, have the defense in place. And then once you have the defense in place, then start moving forward out. But if your defense is in place, um, by all means, rock and roll. I'd be shopping, continually shopping, right? For, for good deals, right? Um, anyone else have any questions? Todd said, we'll sell you my Costco pack. To yeah, right. That is, those are the big ones, right? <laughs> Uh, Julia said, I would like to reach out to this community and offer to you any, uh, any of you who have K to 12 kiddos at home with you that you would like to see continue their studies. Oh, fantastic. My wife is offering, uh, free instructional support to any kids in the group. Oh, Julia, thank you very much. Um, can you make a post of that in the, in, in the Facebook group and, uh, guys, by all means, um, you know, I'm, I, it's funny, my Karine and I actually had a, um, had a thought the other day. I honestly think, you know, what we should do is, you know, if any of us that have teenagers at home that aren't doing anything right now, we should match a teenager with uh, an elderly person, right? And we should just find out if there's any elderly people that are stuck at home or they're, they just can't get out to go do grocery shopping. We just need to, uh, we need to assign our teenagers to elderly people to help them, right? If you guys are in for that, you know, let me know. <laughs> and Julia's talking about French immersion as their specialty. Nice. Very good. Carol, this afternoon, my tenant sent me a message regarding their rent payment for the month, not getting too specific, but both of them are not working and asked me to look into the six-month mortgage deferral. They said they cannot pay rent. Um, Carol, that is going to be a very real scenario. And what I would suggest, as we talked about with Garth, is uh, before you go to the bank about your mortgage deferral, they need to exercise all their options uh, as tenant, because they're under, they, they've made a commitment, just like you've made a commitment to the bank. I would have that conversation first for them to have all the conversations they need to have. Maybe they can get instant EI. Maybe they can get access to some of the relief programs, but they still need to do their work first. This isn't just uh, they roll over and they expect you to, to, to do all this for them. You're going to do that work anyways, and you're going to take the time to go and make sure you're protected, but they also have to do the same thing, right? So I would have the conversation with them 
to make sure that they're doing all they can do in the process because truly the rent is is still to be paid no different than your mortgage pro, uh, payments and your condo fees and your property tax all those payments still need to be made right so i would first go to them to cuz here's now here's my one fear that i have that's going that's going to happen um a little bit is i i hope that we don't start creating um a uh, an entire generation of people that just don't take responsibilities for themselves, right? Um, I, I hope we 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 galvanize as a as a, as a group, and we galvanize as a country, and we get back to good hard work, and we get back to making sure that we take care of the business. But you know, that's the only thing with sometimes when government just comes and just keeps and hands out the money. Sometimes people will just sit there and go, "Well, I don't have to do anything. The government will just pay for it all." Or even worse yet is they'll just sit there and go, well, you're the landlord, you got all the money, you take care of all this and you just keep, keep payment. So, so just be very open to the conversation, have a lot of empathy and find out what their options they can do first. And maybe, maybe the option is you meet halfway, right? Maybe that's what the option, maybe that's what it comes out. They have to move. They have to do some action too. They can't just say, oh, well, we can't make a rent payment to Mr. Landlord. You have to pay for it all. Right? Maybe you meet meet you halfway. Maybe they have to collect EI. Maybe they have to take a loan. Maybe they have to do something. Or even that topic we talked about with Garth is maybe yeah, okay. Maybe that's you owe the money, and maybe it becomes a promissory note. Maybe they take a loan from you. Right. So more details to follow. Right. And um, by all means, guys, here's what I'm I'm going to suggest you do as well is um, share in the Facebook group what's working. And if you have that conversation and you're just not getting through and it's just not landing and they're, and here's what they're saying, you know, maybe we can do some role play in the, in the community and we can role play the conversations, right? And we can have those, uh, those uh, conversations about here, how, how do you, how is this handling? What's working? What's doing this? All kind of wonderful stuff like that. Right. All right, guys, that help. What are we? Carol said, thank you. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, Anyone else? Any else questions? Are you guys still with me? So we had a good good crowd tonight. Nothing like uh, nothing like getting some people's attention with a few things going on out there. Um, I'm going to commit to doing some more um, some more broadcasts and some more um, opportunities like this. Oh, Naran came in here. Hey, Naran, how's it going, brother? Hey, good. How are you? That's awesome content, Russell. Thank you. Hey, happy to leader in this uh, time. A uh, question for you is, uh, it's really coming out of something that you said and Gart said, and you s- seem to be at two different positions. Um, I was, before all this hit, I was working on paying down a couple of lines of credit that I pulled out for some properties. Would you reduce your debt? Or I also have lines that are completely zero where I can pull cash out and be cash rich, but debt heavy. Which way would you go on this? Well, it's a case by case, and it all comes down to what you believe. It comes down to what's more important to you, having cash in the bank or having um, having access to the line of credit. Okay. And 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 I'm I do it as a case by case basis with with my joint venture partners. Like I said, with one of my partners, we mm-hmm. chose because we we knew we needed some money for a renovation to get a property 
um, whether it's going to re-rent or sell, we still have to determine, but we have a fairly sizable renovation. And we were going to use a line of credit for it. My partner is very pessimistic, and he thinks that the banks are going to pull lines of credit. My belief is, I, I honestly don't know. I truly don't know if they're going to or not. So what we did was we made a choice to cash that line of credit into cash in the bank and we're going to have it for two months and we're just going to see what happens. So essentially what we're doing is we're going to pay about $200 in insurance just to have that cash in the bank. And if we don't need it all, we'll just go pay it back after. Uh, Russell, in that case, if you have the cash in the bank and the bank closes the line of credit, do you not need to pay that off immediately? It's attached to the property. Got it. Okay, done. Right. So if the bank, you know, lo and behold, if the, if the bank, if banks, I think banks would be very silly right now if they started really forcing people to, um, to, and calling lines of credit and calling things due. I think they would, in the eye of the public opinion, I think they, they would be, it would be quite no different, no different than landlords that are really holding tenants' feet to the fire and evict, rena, evicting people at the same time. I think that you could get yourself in some big trouble if you're, if you're putting, this, putting the screws to some tenants right now going through hardship. Yes. Thank you very much. Yep. Cynthia asked a question. Did you have any tips on how to be cautious during COVID-19 pandemic while showing potential tenants to your properties? Actually, great question. I had the conversation with my... Um, property management company um, the other day. What they're doing is um, they are walking through the property and doing a, um, what's the, what's the, the app on, on I, I, iOS, FaceTime. They're doing FaceTime while walking people through the properties. So they have the tenant that wants to see it. And some of the tenants are going, well, they're just a little leery or maybe they, um, they're not sure. They'll actually walk through the property and they'll do a FaceTime with the potential tenant and show it to them. Okay. And the other thing is that they actually, the, the tenants that maybe are in the place, they want to make sure that the people coming don't have the, 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 um, don't have the virus as well. Here's what I do. And one of the things is with my new properties that I own, um, each one of my new properties that I bought recently, and these are just the ones I bought within the last year, um, each one of them have virtual tours, right? So if anybody wants to have a walkthrough, and I know not everybody's going to have a virtual tour, stuff like that, but prospective tenants, um, I'll just, we'll send them the link to the virtual tour and they could sit there on their phone with their goggles and they sit there, and they could actually walk through the house virtually, right? So, and Julia, yeah, hit the nail on the head, Zoom calls or video t- tour or Zoom call with potential candidates. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so so guys, Stay, stay, um, stay aware. Um, by all means, you know, don't let this anxiety or don't let the stress of your feeling pressure or you're feeling things that are just, uh, you know, just you feel like you need to burst, you need to talk to, you need to get outside, just go for a walk, right? Just, just start with that. Keep engaging in the community, keep engaging in the conversation. The more you know, the more people you're going to hang out with that are going to be calm, cool, and collected. And guys, each and every one of us in this community are leaders. 
And I'm challenging each and every one of you in this community to step up, to become a leader, to become somebody who's known that's for positivity, come known as somebody who's proactive, to become known as somebody that gives, that helps, that inspires, that is encouraging and always comes from a place of love. Okay. And with that, guys, I'm going to send my send a big giant heartfelt thank you and some love from our family to yours. Guys, um, by all means, uh, please jump in to the chat box. Have yourself a wonderful night. And we'll be seeing you on the Facebook group. And we'll stay tuned. More announce- announcements coming. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful night, everybody. Hey, how's it going? So I hope you enjoyed this webinar. Now, it's it was a little bit heavy, right? There was some really deep and heavy topics. But here's the thing, guys. I'm a firm believer in if you do difficult things, if you do challenging things, if you have those courageous conversations, um, you potentially will build the muscle to be able to handle anything. The difficult things that you do, how you handle the difficult times will say more about you than what you would do during the smooth times. And I'm a firm believer that in challenging times, um, people either show the best of them or the worst of them. And you truly have a choice. You have a choice of how you show up. And I recommend each and every one of you choose wisely and choose to bring out the best in you. This truly could be a pivotal moment in how we operate going forward. So make sure you're vigilant. Make sure you take the appropriate actions. Make sure you surround yourself with the right people. And I hope you took notes on that last two slides of the presentation about what you need to double down on. I firmly believe you need to double down on asking for help. You need to double down on um, helping others. You need to double down into providing service. You need to double down in the kindness to others. You need to double down in the gratitude. You need to double down in your action and keep moving forward. If you watch this video quite a ways after the fact, please take a lot of lessons from this uh, time frame and protect yourself. Learn how to handle turbulent times and then just study how things happen. I would study how the opportunities that came out of this. There are truly things that we don't even know that are going to come out of these market conditions. I, for one, on a day-to-day basis, just leaning in and learning and paying attention and always having the opportunity to help people. If you really just focus on helping people, if you focus on becoming a person of value, if you focus on just giving and supporting others in their hopes and dreams and aspirations, no matter what those are, I think you will always have a place in this marketplace, whatever your marketplace is. Okay, guys, a little bit of a somber uh, webinar, a little bit more, you know, I just wanted to just calm down the uh, calm down the mood. You know, normally I'm just bouncing around and jumping around, but I did get pretty excited during the webinar. But but these are times that we just need to just take a really chill, chill pill, right? And just relax. Take that big deep breath and just keep moving forward. So guys, got your back. We are all in this together. If you need any help, by all means, please just reach out. We got this. We're strong together. Let's go get them. Okay, guys. Bye for now. All right. Hope you enjoyed this podcast episode, guys. So once again, I gave this message at the beginning. Just remember, this was from a live webinar presentation, and there were a lot of resources that were shared during the live video presentation. So if you are interested in getting your hands on some of the resources that were promised during this um, podcast episode, and also the upcoming podcast episode, there's lots of additional tools and resources and templates and checklists and 
all things to support you on this journey. So if you are interested in grabbing and getting your getting your hands on those resources, just make sure you just send us send our team a quick um, email, and you can send us an email at hello at russellwescott.com. That's hello at r u s s e l l w e s t c o t t dot com. Okay, guys, please enjoy all these resources coming your way to help you navigate the waters ahead. Okay, guys, bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.